An author, playwright, Lin-Manuel Miranda said, you cannot let all the world's tragedies into your heart. You'll drown. But the ones you do let in should count. Let them manifest action. And if I could sum up the new moon energy of March 2023's new moon in sidereal Pisces, that quote would be it. If you want to know more about why, of course, stick around and we will get to yoga practices and journal prompts to best harness this energy in your personal spiritual practice at the end after we talk about the astrological reasons why I think that quote is a perfect sum up of what this entire episode will be about. But first, I would like to extend you a warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a yoga teacher. I'm studying to become a yoga therapist. Stick around. One day, you'll I'll be able to just say, I'm a yoga therapist, but I'm not there yet. I've been at it for a few years. This is my last year of training. Anyway, I'm also a Vedic astrologer, which means I use the sidereal zodiac. So if you don't know what that is, I have several resources already on my website. You can go to the articles section and see what is Vedic astrology to learn more about the sidereal zodiac and how it differs from the tropical. But you can also just grab your Vedic birth chart at my website, yogiscopes.com, Y-O-G-I-S-C-O-P-E-S, and grab your Vedic birth chart, grab the chart decoder so that you can follow along. It's just a free worksheet that you can get there right there on the page where you get your chart. You can also just go to yogiscopes.com slash chart um, because it's pretty important. So the whole thing is my whole approach to astrology, if you're new here or if you're not, this might be helpful to hear again, um, is not that I want to mystify you in how in touch with the energies and how psychic I am. It's not about that. Um, I'm, I, I've said this to folks before. If my approach is more to use a Christian analogy, um, which is funny, teach a man to fish rather than give him a fish. So I, I prefer to explain in detail on these podcast episodes where these archetypes come from so that you can understand what the astrological energies are so that you can see where those archetypes are showing up in your life and then use these um, yoga practices to help you theme the astrological energies into your own personal practice or perhaps your classes if you're a yoga teacher as I know many of you are but not all of you are it's not required to be a yoga teacher to be here um, and then journal prompts for your easy self-reflection once a week if you listen to this podcast you'll get journal prompts um, that kind of thread along the themes of the year so this is a new moon episode. I put out, I could have made one really long episode last week to talk about some other stuff that's very pertinent to the new moon. Um, being that, so Venus and Rahu will conjoin just a few hours later after the new moon. And I put out an episode last Thursday or Friday about that specifically, about Mars and Venus and Rahu and what they're up to. So you might like to listen to that first. Um, because it's impossible to talk about what's happening with this new moon without knowing about those things. Um, and then I promise to put out a separate episode about the new moon. So this is that. Welcome. A new moon happens when the moon and sun are on the same side of the sky from our perspective, meaning they're in the same sign. So the time that I give you when I say this is the time that the new moon is which for this one is March 21st, which is Tuesday um, at 1.21 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So it might be a little bit of different time depending on your time zone, especially because we just had 
daylight savings time in the U.S. and it turns out other countries don't do that. And anyway, that's Eastern time. So it's not that serious. If you are in a different time zone, I don't, you might learn this about me, especially if you stick around. If you, if you like being dogmatic about stuff, like go ahead. I just might not be the astrologer for you um, because I am super not dogmatic about anything. I'm like, this is, this is what it is. It happens at 121, but I don't think you need to build a life where you have to be like lighting your candle or doing your ritual or doing your practice right at 121 because sometimes they happen in the middle of the night, you know? So maybe you do some kind of new moon practice, do these journal prompts, do some kind of reflection, um, you know, today, Monday, or you could have done something over the weekend. We did in the Yogi Skips membership, which you can also drop into these classes. Um, the moon day practices are free or donation based. The, the Wednesday ones are sliding scale. So on Wednesdays, we have a flow. On Mondays, it's just a gentle practice and guided meditation. And then Wednesdays, it's a regular like flow asana practice for the week. So we'll be doing practices both of those days. So that's what I'm saying is you can do whatever you want. If you can't do a new moon practice tomorrow on Tuesday, maybe you do it some other time this week. It's fine. Um, so let's talk about how you would arrive at a new moon practice. And so we arrive at any of our practices based on what the astrological symbols are that are at play. And so just a quick aside with that, I did say on the last podcast episode that I do recommend listening to before this, if you have a chance, um, if you haven't already listened to it, you might want to get that background about what, what else is happening. Um, but I made mention of the fact that this new moon is because it's also happening on the vernal equinox, the spring equinox here in the Northern Hemisphere, or, you know, today, Monday is the spring equinox, tomorrow's whatever, it's close enough, right? Like, I'm not the dogmatic one to split hairs about that. It's within like 24 hours, right? So anyway, because it's happening right here at the, the time between where day and night is equal, you know, and if you're in the, the Southern Hemisphere, you're heading towards more time of darkness, you're at the end of a cycle. But here in the Northern Hemisphere, where Vedic astrology originated in the Northern Hemisphere, so Vedic astrology kind of follows along with the seasons of the Northern Hemisphere a little more cohesively, I should say. Um, anyway, we're at the start of a new cycle of expansion. And I said that I might put out an episode talking about some other bigger shifts in energies. Turns out I'm just going to cover those in tomorrow's workshop that is actually members only. Usually our monthly workshops are, um, you can come as a member for free or you can drop in, but I didn't. Um, this one seems like it's better for the members only. It's a quarterly check-in. So we'll do another quarterly check-in um, at the summer solstice. And so it's a quarterly check-in. We will go over the astrology of the last quarter, do some like check in about how you might have done with your goals you set for the last quarter and we will look at the astrology of the next quarter and set goals for the next quarter and so that's happening tomorrow in the membership at noon eastern time so you can join before then if you want to come or you can go to yogiscopes.com slash membership or you can join after that and catch the recording if you want to but I just that's it seems like a better venue for me to cover those longer term energies that I was talking about. So we'll touch on them a little bit in April's podcast. But anyway, back to the new moon. Just wanted to give that aside and tell you that the members get extra stuff. That's why you should join the membership. Um, so 
This new moon is happening in Pisces. Like I mentioned, if you're new here, you might be seeing all over the internet that the new moon is happening in what, Aries? Is that what the... I always get confused. I think Western astrology is, is a sign ahead of um, Vedic astrology, but sometimes I forget and think maybe they're a sign behind. I don't know. I think they're a sign ahead of us. So anyway, you it gets confusing for folks. If you're new to Vedic astrology, you're like, wait, who's wrong here? And neither Western or Vedic astrology are wrong. They're just different systems. So just know that Vedic astrology uses a sidereal zodiac. This new moon is happening in Pisces. And so Pisces being the 12th sign of the zodiac has this connection to 12th house energy. So there's, you know, you may know the stereotypes about Pisces that they're kind of the the dreamy ones, the little bit um, so spiritual, they're like out of touch with reality sometimes is like a negative stereotype of, of Pisces energy or like um, um, being very in touch with their feelings is another, I believe, a, a stereotype of Pisces. Given that, so Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac. It's also ruled by Jupiter, a water sign. So all of these things, connection to spirituality, connection to emotions are very true of the Pisces archetype. So a moon a new moon or moon being in Pisces in general, but a new moon in Pisces might be a good time to set intentions around your spiritual practice, around, um, you know, getting in touch with teachers, around having a regular practice to check in with your emotions. And that's kind of what we're doing here with Vedic astrology, right? Like, especially in the membership, um, you'll have this regular practice to have space held for you to have this spiritual and emotional check-in container, right? Like that's that's why even study Vedic astrology, in my opinion, um, and then to pair it with yoga. So if you're, you know, it might be a good time to kind of rekindle that or refresh that at this new moon or just examine where you fit in with your beliefs, your spiritual beliefs. If you have teachers that align with those beliefs or, or want to fall in with some teachers that do this new moon in general is a good time for that since it's the new moon in Pisces but the nakshatra where this new moon is happening so nakshatras are lunar mansions they function exactly like signs they're only a little bit more specific than signs so there's 12 signs span you know the zodiac and that divides the whole 360 degrees up by 12 which means each sign is 30 degrees there are 27 nakshatras so if you divide the 360 degrees of the night sky up by 27, you get, I should know this, I think it's 13-ish degrees, 13 and some change, 13 degrees in some minutes, uh, maybe 20, I don't remember. It's not that important, but they're smaller. So they're like a little more than a third the size of a sign. So there's usually two nakshatras per sign. Anyway, that's just some background because like I said, I'm a little bit of a nerd. I like to understand the astronomical and astrological ways that these archetypes arise so that we can better understand what the energy is that we're trying to work with, right? So um, there's also some Hindu mythology around why nakshatras are so important for the moon. I have another article about that on my website too. If you just go to yogiscopes.com slash blog, that should take you there. Or just go to yogiscopes.com and click on articles and you'll find the one about nakshatras. So just how they function in general if you want to know more about them. But this one 
is Uttara Bhadrapada. So the symbol, so each nakshatra has like like the signs, they have a symbol. You know, Pisces is two fish swimming in, in opposite directions. That's the symbol for Pisces, right? Um, each nakshatra has a symbol, a ruling planet, a ruling deity, and um, a translation, right? So these these things are where we get the meaning of the nakshatra from so that we can know how we're going to work with that. And so the symbol for this nakshatra is the latter half of a funeral cot. And so that's where I said, if you're in the yoga and astrology Facebook group, I said yesterday that the new moon had feet to the fire energy. That's where I was getting that from. And and for other reasons too, which we'll get into the having to do with the ruling deity. And so just think for a moment about what does feet to the fire mean? So that's actually a term that came, this is not like a Vedic astrology thing. Feet to the fire is a term that came from medieval times, like witch trials, I think, even like when they would put somebody's feet to the fire to get that to, it basically means like hold them accountable. It's like a maybe um, uncouth way to say, to hold somebody accountable, right? To put their feet to the fire, to like rubber to the road type thing. Um, and so, but also in Indian culture, it people are cremated. People go on a funeral pyre. And um, so the latter half of a funeral cot has this like, you know, kind of death energy to it. We see this this death and rebirth. I mean, that's what the new and full moon cycle is, is this constant cycle of death and rebirth. And we have that we have that same cycle every day. Each morning is a new rebirth. Each night is a new death, right? Each um, season, we're moving into the rebirth season of the year here in the Northern Hemisphere, right? So with any rebirth comes death, comes leaving something behind. And so this seems like a good time to talk about the ruling deity. So uh, the ruling deity is Ahir Budanya which means, so that might be translated to the serpent of depth. And so that's D-E-P-T-H, not, e, you know, death. So serpent of the deep, right? To, to enunciate that a little more clearly. Um, so, you know, in yoga philosophy, serpents are associated with kundalini energy, right? The, the serpent at the base of the spine that, that moves up your chakras, up your spine when you've had like a spiritual awakening, when you unblock your chakras. So that's, that's kundalini energy, um, this sort of feminine energy that can rise up the spine. But there's more to this story. So you may know, so there's all these like myths and stories in um, the Vedic tradition. And one of them is that Lord Vishnu rides on a cosmic serpent in his yogic sleep of yoga nidra. And so that's a separate story. I'm not here to tell that story, um, but you may have heard that story before where Lord, Lord Vishnu rides on a serpent. And that serpent is another form of this deity that rules this nakshatra. So it is said that this serpent that carries Lord Vishnu carries all of the burdens of the world, but has no foundation for himself. So that's this, this nakshatra energy carries this energy of, so, so it's said that like, if you have 
prominent planets, maybe your moon, maybe your ascendant or some other placement in Uttara Bhadrapada, but certainly a new moon in this nakshatra could bring this energy of um, always wanting to help and serve because the this nakshatra is also ruled by Saturn, who's a great servant, right? Always wanting to help and serve and take on the burden of others, but not have some, uh, not have a, a foundation like you can't pour from a, an empty cup kind of energy. Like if you can't keep pouring out this service to others, if you don't have some way of filling your own cup. And so that's, there's more to that, that myth and that story, but that's the, the synopsis, what you need to know with this energy. So a major theme of this new moon is, do you have that foundation? Do you have that balance between the spiritual and the material um, can't, so it's good to want to be compassionate and virtuous and c contribute to humanitarian causes, but if you're not taking time to nourish yourself, to, um, fill your cup, to have that strong foundation from which to give, uh, it's going to create an imbalance and not be good. So to hearken back to that quote I shared at the beginning, that's the you can't let all the world's tragedies into your heart. You just can't take on everybody's burdens. But we all do need to do something. We should take some action that might be considered your dharma, right? Like what action are you going to take to contribute to the greater good of the world? That's good. We should all do that. We should all be trying to do something. But we can't all do everything, right? Um, we'll run out of bandwidth to give. if we're, And it won't be as effective as if people are giving based on something that means a lot to them, right? And so just to, to go back to that quote, just remember, you cannot let all the world's tragedies into your heart. You'll drown. But the ones you do let in should count. Let them manifest action. And that was a quote from Lynn manuel Miranda, who happened to be the playwright that wrote Hamilton, among other things. That's the uh, major claim to fame. Anyway, um, just be careful of isolation. Be careful of ruminating. Be careful of sort of, so that that might be like a, an upper chakra imbalance is how that could look with people who are just so spiritual that they just seem out of touch, right? Like that, that is an imbalance or the more shadow side of this nakshatra, right? So we have to stay grounded in the reality, grounded in what the world needs and also maintain that connection with spirituality so that we can give more freely and have that that deeply sourced place to give from and so that's that's the name of the game for this new moon you might be setting intentions for um really so any new moon we set intentions for the upcoming lunar cycle but this one given that it's conjoined jupiter and neptune it might be a good time to Consider the next six months of what Jupiter is going to be doing, which it will be conjoined Rahu um, for like six months until October. So next month, Jupiter moves into Aries and will be conjoined Rahu until um, October when the end of October when Rahu moves on to Pisces, which is where this new moon is. So that's what I'm saying in the in the greater scheme of things. This new moon is a pretty big one and we will cover that more in depth in tomorrow's workshop in the membership. So you can always get the replay of that if you're not a member yet, but you can join anytime. Um, I used to do like open and close. It turns out sometimes people are ready. This, that's the nature of astrology is you might have something going on 
or you want to join the membership when it's not a good time for me to be in a big promotion. So you can sign up anytime you want. I don't do that stuff anymore. Anyway, um, so yoga practices and journal prompts. Quick recap of the themes of this new moon. Um, just keep in mind that these themes are coming from the fact that it's happening at the spring equinox here in the northern hemisphere. Um, that it is also this new moon marks the beginning of Navaratri, which I covered on the March Outlook podcast episode a couple weeks ago. Um, and the the symbols and archetypes of the sign of Pisces and the nakshatra of Uttara Bhadrapada. The major theme is balance, but for the equinox between light and dark, for the nakshatra of Uttara Bhadrapada, between the material and spiritual. Um, so you don't want to just be pursuing material gains for shits and giggles, right? Like for the hell of it, like you want to be doing something with some spiritual connotation, some spiritual endeavor, but you also can't be so in the spiritual realm that you kind of lose touch with reality. So we're finding uh, balance there. We're also headed into, that's what Navaratri, the uh, Chaitra Navaratri that we're here at in the spring. There's a, there's another one in the fall that is widely celebrated. And we'll talk about that more when we get there. Um, it's, it's a, a time to sell a time to really actually go deep into spiritual practices to celebrate, acknowledge how the goddess Dorga is a feminine representation of triumphing of good over evil, light over dark, right? Like, and we're moving into the light time of year here in the Northern hemisphere. It's also lunar new year in the Vedic calendar. And then remember that feet to the fire analogy. So Pisces also governs the feet in the body. So we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to the yoga practices. But with the feet to the fire analogy and the spring equinox analogy, we're at this time of year where things are growing. Things are getting ready to come forth with new life. That's the section of the year we're in here in the northern hemisphere. If you're in the southern hemisphere, it's the opposite. You're at your harvest time. It's time to pare down and and head into the darkness. But in the northern hemisphere, we've spent that time in the darkness, right? And it's time to cultivate the soil to bring new life forward. And so we spent some time this morning in our moon day practice talking about soil, right? And so soil is a living organism. Um, so with that feet to the fire analogy, it might be a time to consider fixing your soil. So your results in terms of accountability, right? Like accountability for your actions, your results of your garden are going to be largely dependent on your soil health. But what is soil but a bunch of decomposed matter? So if you didn't know that, if you're not a big gardener and you don't have some inkling of how soil works. Soil is like compost. The healthier the soil, the more sort of alive it is. Soil is full of bacteria and microorganisms that are beneficial, right? Um, and that's that's what causes the chemical reaction that breaks down the, you know, either old plant matter or food if you compost or, you know, stuff. And it gets warm. It heats up. It's a chemical reaction happening that decomposes this stuff. So if you think about the soil in your garden of life, we spent some time with the visualization. The folks that came live had some beautiful shares afterwards related to that garden of life metaphor. There's some special journal journal prompts there with the recording of the moon day practice and the membership. But just think about it. Your soil of your life might be made up of 
things that you once cultivated. Like last season's flowers are this season's compost. You know what I mean? And just think about what that means in the scheme of your life, right? That's kind of what we're working with at this new moon. Like what experiences have you been through? That's why that quote, I'm like, that quote is perfect. Like what tragedies have you been through in your life that you want to let into your heart to let them kind of decompose? They're, they're not maybe still, they don't probably still sting as much. They're not in their original form. They've had time to settle and go through that chemical reaction, right? To compost into your heart and manifest action, right? That's what your soil is made up of in your garden of life. So what are you going to grow from that? right? That's, that's this new moon. And yeah, if you need more support with that, I'm happy to listen, talk. It's my jam. Uh, you can post in the Facebook group, the membership, we tend to have a little more rich conversations. Um, people are a little more invested who are there. So yoga practices with all that in mind, connection to the feet. We did some feet pumps, some feet foot exercises. We'll be doing more of that on Wednesday. If you want to come see it in a real sense, um, practice along with us. You can get the record. The recordings are always set afterwards. Um, but then also meditation, paying attention to around this new moon, ta- the messages that are coming through your dreams and your meditation. So we spent some time this morning after moon day sharing about, you know, things that came up during the visualization. It's a powerful time for that. It's a powerful time to maybe journal about those things that come up, the the little messages that come up in your dreams, your meditations, your visualizations you may be doing. Um, And then also related to just a reminder that a few hours after the new moon, Venus and Rahu will conjoin, which might bring, so I covered it more on last episode, but it's important for the new moon. So I just want to remind you of yoga practice for that because it might bring some sort of hot headedness a little bit, um, a little bit more maybe passion and desire, maybe sudden changes to desires, especially related to where Aries is in your chart. Again, get the birth chart decoder if you're not sure um, what I what I mean when I say that. Um, but then also be mindful that if you're doing your spiritual practice for this new moon, that that sort of murky, cloudy energy might be there. So a, a good practice for that. I, I mentioned Siddhali Pranayama last time and uh, Sikari is the other one. So I mentioned Siddhali is the one where you roll your tongue or like taco tongue and you stick it out of your mouth and you inhale through your tongue like you're sucking through a straw and then you just exhale through your nose. You close your mouth and exhale through your nose. It's a cooling breath, which might cool some of the hot headedness brought by Venus and Rahu in Aries together and Mars and Gemini that I talked about on the last episode. But uh, Sikari is you kind of grit your teeth together and open your mouth as big as you can, like make that little little emoji face I think of or like it's not really a smile but you could smile um but you just grit your teeth and open your mouth as wide as you can inhale through your clenched teeth and then close your mouth and exhale through your nose it's a similar one it might be easier if you can't roll your tongue like that for folks that can't do that or it feels weird or hard anyway um just remember could be a time of hot-headedness be careful if uh, you're planning your new moon intention and you get some wild card idea maybe just don't act on it just yet, just kind of sit on it for a little bit um, because of that Venus and Rahu energy. And so the journal prompts, finally, what new life am I hoping to bring forward now to harvest at the fall equinox, right? So that's the larger cycle of the year. What are you planting? Can you make it spiritually aligned, right? 
um, but still in touch with reality given this new moon. Um, And what hardships or past things that I've cultivated, perhaps good things, things that you intentionally cultivated, um, and experiences, feelings, etc., are now decomposing to make up my soil. So think through some of those things that might be forming the soil. What is your soil health like? Is it full of nutrients or is it um, having some trouble breaking down? You know, just sort through that. That metaphor is really helpful. The um, So this is the thing with Moon Day. You can come, anybody can come, and you can come for free or you can leave a donation um, or you can come as a member and you get the recording sent automatically afterwards that you can download and keep forever. But if you don't sign up for an advance, the only way to get the recording is then through the membership. So if you want to see the recording of that meditation related to this and there's special journal prompts, it's in the membership. Or for those of you in the membership, just know I don't always put journal prompts with Moon Day practices, but this time I did. And so what weeds do you need to pull from your garden? So whatever life you're trying to bring forth over this year, you want to harvest by the um, fall equinox over the next six months, you have to pull some weeds, let some things decompose so that they're not sucking energy from the big main goal. So just keep that in mind. Um, yeah, remember, you can't let all the world's tragedies into your heart. Just to come back to that quote. I love it. It's beautiful. Maintain your soil health. Keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Until next time, friends, take care.